It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hello, and welcome to Locked On Panthers with me, Bill Rossetti. Yes, that is a little more of a somber opening than usual because it was a bit of a somber day for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday as they suffered a feat of what was kind of a really rough showing against the Washington Redskins as they fall at FedEx Field 23-17 to fall to 3-2 on the season. So just... And really an ugly performance, you know, kind of the gist before we dive a little more into it. Uh, they just really couldn't get anything going. You know, it was just an ugly game kind of all around, especially on offense. You know, it, it, it was, it, it's hard to put into words, I guess. You know, they, they struggled moving the ball, especially in the first half. You know, second half, they kind of got it going a little bit more. But, you know, the early early stage of the, in the game and the middle part of the game, there was just nothing going. I mean, credit Washington's defense. They played uh, extremely well uh, in really stifling what has normally been kind of an electric offense for the Panthers. So... Uh, we'll dig more into that as we continue here on this Monday edition of Locked On Panthers. Uh, so again, what's up, everybody? Bill Rossetti, remember to follow me at Bill underscore Rossetti. That's R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And follow my work, of course, contributing at Panthers Wire and at Bengals Wire. So what the heck happened? Well, f- well, first we'll talk about some of the good that happened because there were a couple of highlights, not a whole lot of them. Uh, in what was what was like almost a black, a dark cloud hanging over the Panthers, but there were a couple of highlight moments. Um, for one, that that one like one-handed catch by Devin Funches is kind of one of the first first things that pops out at me in terms of you know plays that really stood out as like kind of eye-opening and uh, just exciting plays. That, that was just a fantastic play, um, I believe. And, and that was for the touchdown. Uh, I believe they said it was uh, Quentin Dunbar who was uh, defending def- uh, defending Devin Funches. But, you know, Funches, uh, and he, he's doing what we've, Wanted him to do for a couple of years, use his height to his advantage, go up and get the ball. Uh, and then again, it was just a lucky fact, too, that he brought it down with one hand. So just a, a tremendous catch, really, by Funches to get that first touchdown of the game. That well, first touchdown for the Panthers, which came uh, pretty late in the second quarter, about three minutes to go. Uh, there was also a f- uh, fourth down play later in the game where Thomas Davis kind of stamped himself, kind of saying, like, hey, I'm back. Um, Alex Smith 
I forget who the pass was intended for, but uh, Thomas Davis was right there, and he just bats the ball right away on an excellent defensive play. And really, you know, obviously a, a smarter defensive play, too, because I know there's defensive players that they want to go for the interception. They want those big-time stats. But in, in situations like that, you'd rather just bat it down because you're saving your team a lot of yards. And that's exactly what Thomas Davis did here. So a uh, good, good effort there. And then, you know, Christian McCaffrey, he just continues to run well. You know, he's just constantly more and more continuing to prove that he can run between the tackles. And I think he did a very effective job doing that again yesterday against the Redskins. There was a lot of plays I noticed that he just shoots right up the middle. Uh, even a couple carries getting, like, a, a nice chunk of yards, yards, like almost 10 yards at a time, so... And again, this is him just going right up the middle. So, you know, it's becoming a lot more than just McCaffrey on the outside or McCaffrey on a swing pass, things like that. It's a lot more of a versatile or even more versatile type back than he was in his rookie season. He's really starting to show the kind of back he was at Stanford and how effective he, he can be. In the backfield. And then defensively, you know, there, there, there were certainly some moments. Um, you know, they got they got a little bit of pressure on Alex Smith. Um, probably not as much as we would have liked. Uh, but they, they had their moments. Uh, I, I'll make a note of Eric Reed too, because I've noticed there's people questioning his play through the first two games here with the Panthers. Um, yes, I did say, you know, I expected Eric Reed to bring this defense to another level. But I'll take a step back, you know. I don't know if it's saying, like, me taking an L right away because it's still early. But um, let's also back up for a second and, re and remember the fact that uh, Eric Reed joined this team a quarter of the way into the season. So he's still with a little bit of catching up to do. He's still playing a lot of snaps. You know, he played 59 snaps yesterday, which is obviously a high amount. But, you know, he's still kind of getting used to everything, getting used to the defense and the scheme. But, you know, overall, I I don't think he's played that bad. You know, he, he may not have, like, the high number of tackles that maybe some people would like to see out of safety, but he's keeping things in front of him. He, he's doing a nice job not getting burnt on deep plays, uh, doing a nice job in run support. He's, he's keeping everything in front of him, you know, not giving up big plays. And, you know, really that's, that's one of the key things you want to look for from a free safety. So through two games, I would say Eric Reed has played uh, pretty decently. You know, and give it time as he gets more custom to the defense. I think everything's going to be fine. Oh, and, you know, the secondary continued to play well. I thought Dante Jackson played pretty decently as well. Um, front seven, not too bad. But, again, I, I would have liked to see uh, a little more a little more pass rush. You know, he they did, uh, you know, they did only get to – or well, they did get to – Alex Smith three times, whereas uh, Cam Newton was only sacked once. So, 
you know, from those instances, like kind of on both sides, uh, they did a nice job getting a little bit of pass rush and a nice job protecting Cam Newton. They just weren't able to get the ball going. But, but I mean, you got to the second half, and again, that's where kind of things started to click a little bit for the Panthers. Uh, you know, they made a little bit of a rally. They kept it close, had the chance to win it. On the final drive of the game, but they took a couple shots in the end zone and none of them connected. And unfortunately, that's kind of where uh, the where things went awry and the game ended. And it ended up being a kind of a disappointing finish, almost almost like a fitting finish to what the game ended up. Because uh, even numbers wise, like because you know, go back to Christian McCaffrey. I mentioned how he. Had a couple nice runs, but I mean that that on the flip side, that was really about it because he only had 20 yards for 20 yards on nine carries. Uh, but he did catch the ball seven times, so he still was effective in the passing game for 46 yards. But again, really, it was uh, it, it was a struggle all day. It, it really was. Uh, Cam Newton, 27 of 40, 275 yards, two touchdowns. And one interception, and that was a, a pretty bad interception. And fittingly, it was Josh Norman, the guy we talked about, how he struggled over the last couple weeks. All of a sudden, he pops up and gets the interception. Go figure. Uh, Cam Newton also led the team in rushing with nine carries, 43 yards. Uh, again, mentioned McCaffrey, eight carries, 20 yards. DJ Moore, one carry, 18 yards. Also had four catches for 59 yards. But we'll get to him a little, a little more uh, in a little bit. Don't you worry. Uh, Devin Funches leads the way for the Panthers in receiving with five catches, 74 yards, one touchdown. Greg Olson, good game in his return. Four catches, 48 yards. Nice to see him back involved. Uh, he, he looked pretty good. We know he's probably going to get surgery at the end of the season, but at least in the early going. Uh, didn't look like he was hampered too much. I mean, he got seven targets, so clearly he's ready to go. Uh, McCaffrey, seven catches, 46 yards. Torrey Smith, five catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. And pretty much all that damage was done on the final drive. He was really the key cog in keeping the Panthers' offense alive on that final drive. Uh, had the touchdown. Also had the the two-point conversion. So, you know, he uh, – or he had the touch – all right, I'm sorry. Let me back up because this was uh, before the final drive. They had the touchdown and then the two-point conversion – uh, so let me rephrase that. Not, but I mean, he was a key cog in uh, keeping the Panthers close, not necessarily on the final drive, but on that uh, on the touchdown drive. He was a, a big help. And then uh, Jerry Wright had a catch for three yards, and Chris Manhurts even had a catch for two yards. So that was kind of the, the positives for the Panthers. Uh, but obviously there's some uh, not-so-positives to talk about, and we'll discuss that in a short moment. But before we get into that, we want to thank one of our great – our old buddies over at MyBookie. Uh, Shout-out to them as always. They've been great for the podcast. Uh, like I said, I always give the picks on Fridays. Uh, this week's picks seemed like they were kind of hit and miss as usual, but, uh, you know, that – Them's, them's the breaks, I guess. But uh, as I always say, if you guys want to give give it a shot yourselves with making these picks and want to make some money, 
you got to go check out my bookie because remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. So that's why I always tell you guys to go to my bookie because they're your best bet this season. They've been great to us at the network. We thank them so much. They've been a, a tremendous partner, tremendous support. Uh, they've been in business for years. The reviews are outstanding, and their their site is just so easy to use. You know, it's, it's very user friendly. So it's you, you'd be silly not to give it a shot. Uh, as far as what they have, remember they have in-game live betting, and you know, not many sites have that that you can actually bet during the game. So that's a a key point there uh, fa- for you fantasy nuts. If you think you know how well a player is going to do fantasy wise. You can bet the over-under on fantasy points scored, and they simply just have the most rewarding player perks in the business. So remember, you can go to my bookie, use the promo code Locked On when creating your account, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand dollars in free play. And remember, if you wait until after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional twenty-five dollars in free play. On deposits of over $100. Remember, you do that by using the promo code LOCKEDON25. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-2-5. The number 25 after it. So again, um, locked on promo code. Get up to $1,000 in free play. Wait until after 7 p.m. Use the promo code LOCKEDON25. Get an additional $25 on deposits of over $100. So I don't know about you guys, but... I'd wait until after eating dinner and get that extra money to play with. So remember, my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. So, the lowlights. And trust me, there were a few of them. Uh, I think we got to start, like I said, I mentioned D. Moore had a carry for 18 yards and four catches for 59 yards. But, boy, was it, uh, I, w- I would say it was more a day to forget if you're DJ Moore. As he had two fumbles in this game, including an early fumble on a punt return that set up the Redskins for what eventually became the first touchdown of the game. I mean, the, the drive only went, um, you know, and it only took one play, 22 yards, Funnily enough, if you remember the the crossover podcast with Chris, we talked about, or he talked about, how he expected Jordan Reed to really get involved in this game. Well, ironically enough, it ends up being the other tight end, the old vet, Vernon Davis, that ends up with a touchdown grab on that play. But again, that was set up by the fumble from the Panthers, which I believe was... um, was after the three and out. I mean, their first two drives really weren't that great. In fact, uh, looking at the drive summary, here were their first four drives. And actually, here were were all their drives 
in the first half and how they ended, I should say. Uh, Five-play drive ending in a punt, 22 yards. Three and out netting negative one yards punt. Seven plays, 29 yards interception. Two plays, 39 yards fumble. And again, that was uh, DJ Moore. Uh, seven carry or seven passes, seven plays. I'm sorry, seven plays, 75 yards. The touchdown to Devin Funches. Three plays, zero yards, punt, and then the knee down to end the half. So, kind of take that. So essentially, seven drives in the first half. Three of them ended in a punt. Two of them ended. In a turnover. So that's five, five out of their first six drives ended in either a punt or a giveaway. And if essentially two fumbles within that drive, because again, you had the uh, punt return fumble from DJ Moore that set the Redskins up for that first touchdown. J- just an, and, and, and a pair of three and outs in there. Just a, a disastrous first half again in which and and oh by the way the touchdown they scored the touchdown but then they had some of the wind knocked out of their sails because Graham Gano missed the extra point so instead of seven points they only came away with six Uh, obviously later on they made up for that by getting the two-point conversion but still you know uh, especially coming off the the field goal the 63-yarder to win the game against the Giants, missing the extra point is kind of one of those uh, bring-yourself-back-down-to-earth type deals. But just an ugly, ugly first half. And on the flip side for the Redskins, if you look at their first dra- or their first plays, or their, their first half drives, uh, the Panthers did start with a three and out, forcing the Redskins to punt. But then touchdown on the short field in one play, and then a 12-play drive, for 64 yards that lasted over six minutes that also resulted in a touchdown. That was the uh, the pass to the two-yard pass to Paul Richardson, which, remember, we, we talked about wondering if guys like Richardson, uh, Richardson and all them were going to play. Uh, R- Richardson obviously did, uh, and Josh Dotson got involved a little bit with three catches. Um, so Paul Richardson still ended up doing a, a little bit of damage to the Panthers. Uh, the rest of the drives, then the Panthers had another three and out, or forced another three and out in the start of the second quarter. Uh, but then a 10-play t- drive resulted in a field goal and then a pair of punts, including a three and out. But then the se- second half is when things started to to turn around. I mean, the, the pan or the the Redskins effectively only had three drives in the second half, and two of them went for field goals. One was a turnover on downs. Where if you go to the Panthers, their drive results in the second half, uh, they effectively only had two drives, and, and that because that was the other key really too, uh, time of possession. But the Panthers effectively only had two drives. In the second half, or well, three drives, excuse me. Uh, three drives. They had an 11 play drive in the third quarter that resulted in a field goal. And then the nine play drive in the fourth quarter that resulted in a touchdown with the two point conversion. And then, of course, the final play of the drive, or the, f- the final drive of the game, excuse me, 
12 plays, but again, you, you took a couple shots downfield, took a couple shots in the end zone, and it didn't pay off, and the Panthers ended up falling short. I kind of would have liked to see them try to maybe take a little, a couple more short passes to get themselves a little closer before taking a shot. I mean, you still had two timeouts and about 45 seconds to go. So you had, I felt they had a little bit of leeway to work with when they were pretty much in the end zone to with a, with a chance to win the game. But, you know, they, they tried to, they tried to get that quick shot, didn't pay off. And that was the end of that. But I mean, so again, just kind of credit the pan or credit the Redskins. And, and again, um, time of possession kind of just made the note of that Redskins held the ball for about 35 and a half minutes Panthers for about 24 and a half minutes. So, um, that, that was the key as well. The, the Redskins were able to control the clock. Um, even with the, the one drive that lasted one play, uh, their offense just did a nice job of, you know, keeping the Panthers in check, kind of keeping the Panthers offense off the field. And then the, when the Panthers offense was on the field, the Redskins defense really stepped up and, and you know, especially guys like Deron Payne and them. Uh, again, and Josh Norman had that interception on really what was just an ugly throw by uh, uh, Cam Newton. You know, ended up a few yards short. And really, there were two Redskins receivers there. I, I think if Norman didn't come with, up with that interception, the other defender likely would have. So it was just uh, a, a rough day all around for the Panthers. But, you know, it's over and done with. We move on. Another road trip next week, uh, visiting the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles Sunday afternoon at Lincoln Financial Field. So another big, big opportunity here, chance for the Panthers to really bounce back. Obviously, a tough test. We saw the Eagles really kind of rejuvenate the offense on Thursday night. Now, granted, yes, it was against the Giants, who are quickly fading away again. Uh, this is two years in a row now that the Giants have started one and five. It's just an ugly, ugly season for the G men. But in terms of the Eagles, you know, again, despite the fact that they were playing the Giants, the offense really clicked. They jumped out really early in that game, something that they really needed to do, you know, coming off, what was a, an, an ugly performance against the Vikings, which they, you know, waited until like the fourth quarter essentially to really kick things into gear to make this game close. So, you know, that that's going to be the big test now for the Panthers is stopping that offense. You know, obviously getting to Carson Wentz is going to be uh, a key factor. You know, Alshon Jeffrey is starting to really get his feet back under him. He had a two-touchdown performance against the Giants. You know, so he, he looks like he's fully recovered from that shoulder injury. You know, J Jordan Matthews has played well in his return to Philadelphia. Uh, but the, this offensive line is vulnerable. Remember, Jason Peters is banged up again. Uh, you saw the way Olivier Verdon kind of handled uh, Vitae. 
got to Carson Wentz a little bit. So, you know, that's going to be a position I think that the Panthers really have to take advantage of to kind of keep this game in check. And, you know, we've seen we've seen this Eagles defense get burnt too, especially in the secondary, namely Jalen Mills. So, you know, he's if you're the Panthers, I would imagine he's going to be someone you're going to look at and want to target quite a bit. You know, really test him, make him be the one to beat you in this game. You know, because Ronald Darby ha- has played well. Uh, obviously, Malcolm Jenkins back there. You know, it, they're also definitely missing Rodney McLeod. You know, they're still trying to kind of figure out what to do with that safety position. They've been mixing uh, Corey Graham and rookie Avante Maddox back there. So they're still kind of tinkering a little bit with uh, with everything. So it's going to be uh, really interesting to see. It's going to be a good battle, I think. And certainly, you know, when we get to this Wednesday, hopefully we get another crossover in with Louie of Locked On Eagles. We'll get more in-depth on the... Eagles defense. But again, you know, like I said, pack up, move on. Redskins game is over and done with. Uh, bottom line, though, is they are still 3-2. and two. They are still over 500. And at the moment, they are still uh, the first wild card in the NFC playoff picture. And obviously, the loss hurt in, in the fact that it uh, caused them to lose some ground on the Saints, who are off this week in the NFC South standings as they're now a game back. And we'll dive a little bit quick into the playoff picture in a moment. But before I get into that, I have to take a moment to, of course, thank our buddies over at LoKI. They've been a great support for us over the last couple weeks. Again, a big shout out to them with their, uh, their bracelets and their excellent collection of game day, game day bracelets uh, again, guys, if you haven't heard of LoKI, go check them out. It's L-O-K-A-I. They've got uh, their game day bracelets. They've got just about every every sport you could think of. So you've got the Panthers. You've got the Carolina Hurricanes with uh, NHL season just starting. You've got the college, a lot of the college teams. I mean, North Carolina State is undefeated. So if you're an NC State fan, you can support them. Remember, these bracelets have the team colors on them. They've also got... Water from Mount Everest, and they've got mud from the Dead Sea. Uh, those two points, of course, are the highest point and the lowest point in the Earth. It's a daily reminder to keep a good balance in your life between all the highs and lows. And listen, again, coming from someone like me, that's that's pretty big uh, with the way I try to balance everything and the way I've been dealing with a lot of stuff lately. So uh, this bracelet is not only comfortable to wear, but it also sends... Uh, a real good message. So go check them out. Remember, you can if you like what you see, you can try them out and save a little bit of money because we've got a special code for you. Remember, it's Panthers25, P-A-N-T-H-E-R-S-2-5. Use that promo code at the checkout and save 25% off their entire game day collection bracelet. So again, L-O-K-A-I, L-O-K-A-I.com. Promo code Panthers25, save 25% at the checkout off their game day collection. 
And as always, you know, big thanks to Lokayak for supporting the Locked On Panthers podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So as we kind of tied up, again, looking back, looking now at the playoff standings in the NFC. So again, the Panthers lose ground on the Saints. They're now a game behind the Saints. In the NFC South standings, the Saints are four and one, Panthers at three and two, and the Falcons, of course, did defeat the Buccaneers, so the Bucks are now two and three. So uh, coming back to earth as where as we kind of expected the Buccaneers to do. I mean, they're starting to show a little bit that that two and zero start was very fluky. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he has that magic for a little bit, and then it fades away. Um, you know, and, and at home, it had that feeling that the Panthers. I mean, it was a close game, but you just kind of had that feeling the Panthers or the Falcons weren't going to let themselves start one and five, especially with this game being at home. So the Bucks now at two and three, Falcons at two and four. So that's the NFC South standings. The playoff standings. Rams, of course, get the win over the Broncos as they are now the last remaining undefeated team in the NFL with the Chiefs losing on Sunday night to the Patriots and what was a, an epic game that was very exciting but the Rams now at 6 and 0 leading and a comfortable lead now in the West with the Seahawks at 3 and 3 and of course the Rams have already beaten the Seahawks in Seattle Saints at 4 and 2 Redskins lead the East at 3 and 2 and the Bears still lead the East or still lead the North at 3 and 2 despite uh, what was a pretty wild ending there in overtime uh, against the Dolphins, in which we nearly had another tie. I mean, what is with all these overtime games and nearly ending in a tie? This is uh, a couple times now that this has happened. Two weeks in a row, actually. Now, last week had the Browns uh, against the Ravens. This week now, it was the the Dolphins over the Bears. Uh, but the Bears still lead the North at 3-2. and two. Wild cards right now are the Panthers at three and two, and the Vikings at three, two, and one. Though of note, if the Packers win tonight against the 49ers, the Packers would move into that sixth spot as they would go to three, two, and one, and they would they currently hold the tiebreaker over the Vikings by virtue of a better uh, win percentage in the division as they are currently. They are currently 1-1-1 one, one, and one in the division, whereas the Vikings, of course, have only played one division game. That was the tie against the Packers. So, of course, 1-1-1 one, one, and one is better than 0-0-1. Oh, oh, uh, so, so, bottom line is the, the Panthers will remain in the fifth playoff spot coming out of Week 6, regardless of what happens tonight. But again, you know, big... Big game next week on the road again against the Philadelphia Eagles before they come back home in week eight against the Baltimore Ravens. And then, of course, back into division play against the Buccaneers and then the Thursday night game 
against the Steelers. So, uh, a pretty rough, pretty tough stretch. Again, the Eagles, the way they've been playing. Uh, the, the Ravens, we saw them sack uh, Case Keenum 11 times. I mean, that, that is crazy. I mean, I don't know if... I'd have to look to see if it was all Case Keenum, unless, unless they pulled him. But nonetheless, the Ravens' defense came up with 11 sacks against the Broncos. So, a uh, couple... Couple good games coming up for the Panthers, and then of course their Thursday game right around the corner against the Steelers team that's starting to get their feet back under them. So, you know, this is kind of a, a bit of a prove it time now. If if you're a Panthers fan, it's uh, you know if they kind of get through this stretch, they're really gonna still be they'll definitely still be in play uh, for a playoff spot, and you know especially with the fact that. Two of their last three games are against the Saints. So by no means are the, are the Panthers out of it. Uh, a lot of correctable mistakes. Uh, this is just one of those games that you just got to file away as one of those bad days and just move on to the next one. Speaking of moving on, that's what we're going to do because we're about to get out of here. Uh, as always, thanks so much for listening. Really do appreciate all the support from both the longtime listeners and the new listeners. If you're just joining the podcast, welcome. Uh, and if you are new, remember, you can follow the podcast on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. You longtime listeners, you already know the deal. Uh, remember, of course, follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Setty, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And follow the Facebook page, Locked on Panthers. Uh, hit me up. Let me know what you guys think. Um, your thoughts on the game, your thoughts on this team going forward and we'll start getting ready for the defending champs on Sunday. So with that, we'll get out of here and until next time, keep your heads up. Everything is going to be all right. We'll see you next time right here on locked on Panthers until then. Take care my friends. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.